we now go from being a public to a private company, but we need to do more. So what about establishing our own nation, an imaginary nation, and we call it Superland. And he said, it has to be a kingdom because I've always dreamt of being a king. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast B2B SaaS CEOs with me, Joseph Falsen, as your host. I'm the CEO and founder of VAM that helps sales teams close more deals and book more meetings through video messaging. The idea to this podcast was born because one of my personal goals is to be a world-class B2B SaaS CEO and therefore I need to learn from the best. And I want to take you with me on this journey. Hi, my name is Gisle Jentoft. Uh, I'm the CEO of SuperOffice and you're listening to B2B SaaS CEOs. Here we go. Hi and welcome, Gisle. Yeah, thank you. Uh, thanks for having me, Joseph. It's uh, you know really nice to to meet you finally, and thanks for the invitation. Of course, I want to interview you. You and SuperOffice, you, you are doing great stuff, and that leads me into the first question, Gisle. What does your company, SuperOffice, do? Please. Do the elevator pitch. Yeah, we help uh, mid-sized B2B companies achieve profitable growth uh, by improving uh, the way they attract, grow, and retain their customers. SuperOffice is uh, the largest, I have to say local, because we are a Nordic player, the largest CM player in this area. And uh, we uh, develop uh, powerful yet very flexible and intuitive CRM solutions for marketing, sales, and customer service. Uh, we are in eight countries with operations, 260 employees across Europe, and we serve thousands of customers and revenues above 500 million in 2021. So that, that was the short story about who we are. And this leads me into the following question here, Gisle. How do you look at your positioning in the market? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it's, it's uh, first of all, important and very natural to say this is a very highly competitive space. But we have been around for a while, uh, as you might know. We, we started in, in 1990, so more than 30 years of experience. So I think it's fair to say that we know what we're doing. We know the domain. We have followed. Uh, you know, endless amounts of uh, technology um, changes and developments that we have been able to leverage uh, sometimes. Also a challenge, of course, but I think we have embraced it well. There are competitors out there who focus on uh, startups. Some are focused on scale-ups. Others are more enterprise, big enterprise focused. So uh, what we do in contrast to many of them, we focus on, like I said in the beginning, medium-sized customers in the B2B market. Our customers tend to be a little bit more established company with a, a significant potential. They have typically a large existing customer base. Their customers are very important to them, of course, like any business. And then it's it's uh, we work with them in in um, in you know uh, developing these customer relationships um, and making that more automated, more efficient. And we also, of course, help a lot of them also with their um, net new customer processes and that is an important part and um, yeah now i want to hear about your story of why 
super office. How and why did you end up there? Isn't that always a coincidence? I don't know what, what other people answer, but I think uh, where you end up at the end of the day is always uh, somewhat of a coincidence, at least in my book. Uh, my first job after I um, uh, was finished uh, as a student was in a company called Office Line. Uh, it was an Apple reseller. It was back in 1990 and an Apple reseller in Oslo. And the reason why I applied for a job there uh, was simply because I used the Mac during my studies. Yeah. And I became very interested in technology. And, you know, in the late 80s, technology was not like it is today. But still, um, I, I became very interested. And um, then the owner of Office Line was Una Amundsen, who also founded SuperOffice in 1990. And two years into my time with Office Line, he asked if I wanted to join a very attractive plan that he presented to, to build a successful European software company with a unique product. And I said, well... Uh, let's go. And the rest is history. <laughs> Thank you for, for sharing that. Uh, it's been a long road then. Wow. Yeah, it's been a long road. Never a boring day, I think. And uh, like I always say also to our team and anybody else I meet, I am always convinced that we have the best ahead of us. Yes, it's good to hear the, these words these times also. We move on to... Yeah, I, I don't know how you will take this question, but uh, I hope you will like it because I don't have a stiff no. sauce podcast. We are, we are coming to leadership. We are coming to KPIs, the classics. But right now, I want to know about a fun fact about yourself that most people don't know about. Uh, yeah, it depends on the definition of most people, but uh, I, I think most people, and uh, at least many of us listening to your podcast, I have played Davis Cup. For Norway. Yeah, that, that is a fact. I, I didn't see coming. No, that, that's very far away from, you know, my work and the sauce industry and everything else. So, uh, but I think in general, uh, we, we all have some kind of a passion for sports. And uh, as you can understand, playing Davis Cup, then I have, have spent some time on the tennis court during my life. Some time. <laughs> it, it must be quite a lot of time then. Yeah. We move on to the field of leadership now. So, first thing here, are you a good leader? Well, I think, uh, it, am I the one to, to respond to that, you think? <laughs> but of course, I'm sitting here still uh, for, for, I've been here uh, for quite some time. So, I guess somebody is betting on me. I would only interview you if I would think that is a yes, uh, of course. So this leads me into what would you say are your superpowers, Gisle, if you should be concrete about one to three things as a leader? I, I think the, the strongest uh, quality that I'm able to deliver on is to get people into the team, uh, give them room or empower them to do a great job to, to contribute to what we do and that they stay. We have about 260 people, as I said. Uh, this year, we have celebrated a number, a significant number of 10, 20, and even a few 30-year anniversaries. Wow. So, so creating this environment and uh, another uh, focus, which I think, or quality, which is important to me and our team, and I think most businesses, is my experience with culture that I uh, sort of learned a lot from the founder of the company. So the, the cultural element is also uh, something that I, I think I master really well. 
I'm glad that you mentioned culture because I had a follow-on question regarding Superland and I want to let's talk more about culture but hold that thought for like one to two or three minutes because before we jump in I just got two strong superpowers from you we need to shift focus about the bad thing here what is the worst thing about being a leader Gisle? My glass is always half full uh I get a lot of energy uh, from my job. Uh, if not, I hadn't been here. I think working with people uh, is, is fantastic. Um, there might sometimes be, um, you're never off in, in a way. Uh, uh, of, of course, work-life balance is something, you know, back to the tennis court. Uh, you need to do other things and you need to be with family and friends and so on. But in general, I am always a little bit in the back of my mind in super office, uh, thinking about the next things we could do. And, and uh, so it's, it's as a CEO, you need to have this. I think you need to have this combination of, of work and hobby uh, coming a little bit together. Uh, because I, I, to be honest, I, I love my work and I don't see anything you know, bad about it or things that is creating a very negative stress for me. It's stress, yes, but it's positive. So sorry to disappoint you here, uh, Joseph. <laughs> I'm, I'm not coming up with any, uh, you know, really bad. Things you have about. done this for so long also. So you, you have have your ups and turns that I'm maybe working through right now. And I, of course, in, in, in earlier days, of course, maybe I felt a bigger pressure uh, if you're a younger uh, and, and don't have all these years of experience uh, doing it. How did you overcome that? Uh, if you felt pressure before and not anymore, what what, what is your key thing here? Yeah, I, I think you you know time and experience. You meet people, you learn from other people. Uh, so I think there is something with uh, time being a very important factor in in you know succeeding in doing what you do well. Um, I think also that was Ivar uh, Kampenal, you know, the founder of IKEA. Somebody asked him, "What's your you know, most important uh, success criteria. And he said time. It was one of them. Um, so it takes time. Uh, in my earlier days, I think, you know, I was more impatient. I was more, uh, you know, stressed. Um, didn't dare to experiment as much. Uh, you know, when you make mistakes, you learn something. Uh, in the earlier days, I think, you know, let's avoid mistakes. And then you also fail to experiment. So, um Time and age, uh, you know, normally brings out the better things in you and in most people, I think. Let's talk about culture then. What is Superland? I know that you're talking about Superland and have, have all these different things connected to Superland. So please, let's talk about culture. Yeah, that, that's, uh, you know, Superland is, first of all, that is an imaginary nation, obviously. Um we have always worked, and the founder, Un Amundsen, he was a, a extremely creative, charismatic, uh, and uh, inspiring uh, man. Uh, and he, um, you know, we did a lot of different uh, cultural uh, things in the company to build uh, across uh, the markets we were in at the time and still are. But in November 2008, just before that, the company was listed, uh, and on that uh, November 21, 2008, we took the company private. That was also driven by the, the founder, Jan Um and he said, we, we 
now go from being a public to a private company, but we need to do more. So what about establishing our own nation, an imaginary nation, and we call it Superland? And he said, it has to be a kingdom because I've always dreamt of being a king. <laughs> so, okay, we put the crown on him and we said, okay, the kingdom was born and it was, of course, established together with all the employees of Super Office. Um, we have our own constitution. We have our own passport. So if you apply for a job at... Yeah, I've, I've seen that on LinkedIn. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. yeah. And we run, uh, you know, we have monthly parliament meetings and, and so on. And Superland is all about a serious uh, foundation for building and developing our culture. But it's also a very, very fun part element here. And as you can so, uh, clearly understand, Joseph, I think many people... How, how silly is that, that they have their own nation? Yeah, it's kind of silly, but we, we dare to be different and do things differently. And having fun is an important uh, part of us. And, you know, culture is not uh, some kind of a sign or a poster on the wall in your office building. It's something that we all have to own and keep alive. And I think Superland, this, this concept and our constitution and everything around it creates a really good foundation for working on our culture and keeping it alive and, and it's never stable. It always evolves. I love these things to not be so stiff. I, I, I hate that when it's too stiff and too corporate, etc. For my company, I, I play with the words always. We use vamos, we say ambassadors, we have customers in America. So yeah, I, I love this thing with Super. This is and you're welcome to, or anybody uh, listening, uh, you know, reach out. We're happy to share. I think that's Something, uh, you know, all of us, uh, if you're in business in general, you're looking for that thing to engage your team and uh, create some, some fun. And as you say, not being, uh, you know, there are so many th serious things around us. So, you know, let's loosen up and let's have some fun and be a little bit informal. Uh, we move on now to the segment, a topic of your choice, Gisle. And I want you to talk about something that you are nerdy and passionate about. So it's time for Gisle's topic of choice. Yes, that, then I think I have to go back to, uh, to, to tennis because I have spent a lot of time on it. Uh, I love the sport. Um, it's easy to, to do. You only need one more uh, person that you can play with. Uh, it's, it's, it's obviously a very healthy, I mean, uh, you probably didn't know, but tennis and also a few other racket sports have a longer life expectancy and it's scientifically proven. So, um, whatever you do, get started playing tennis. Um, if you look at modern tennis today, this has been like, uh, of course, professional tennis uh, always, but it's, it's taking new directions. Um, and we see that, um, Software and tennis is coming together. They're analyzing everything, and it's it's a bunch of technology on the tennis courts. They're measuring everything, and the statistics you can get out are extremely valuable for uh, you know professional players. Um, and it's also made available so you can analyze your opponents and uh, you know uh, prepare for your next game. Uh, this also, as you can understand, uh, is, is a very, um, you know, you can drill down to the tiniest detail to see, uh, you know, how you execute on your forehand, your backhand, and, and, and uh, your serve, and, and so on. Um, 
but we have actually taken this, uh, you know, passion or nerdy interest for tennis into a partnership for also for our company. Um, so uh, early this year, we um, teamed up as a sponsor of uh, the Norwegian tennis player Kasper Rud. Kasper is uh, currently ranked ATP number three in the world, which is, you know, historic for Norway at least. And... Uh, very inspiring to follow and i think we now and i have to say of course uh uh i am the driving force be behind this sponsorship but we're, we're connecting it to how we do business uh doing marginal gains always trying to be a little bit better as a tennis player on the court every day a little bit better practice today than yesterday uh working targeted with improvement points and so on, it aligns so well with, uh, with business. So um, I have, uh, you know, uh, a nerdy side and nerdy interest for tennis, but uh, I have also managed to bring that into, uh, you know, uh, business and uh, my work at SuperOffice. So here you see how I kind of bring, uh, you know, hobby and work uh, together again, uh, Joseph. Yes, you said it. I was just about to say, oh, you're so smart, mixing so much hobby and business. But you said, ah, amazing. Uh, everyone that has been listening now to the episode after this will, will truly understand, Gista, how passionate you are about tennis. Yeah. Amazing to hear. So thank you so much for sharing. And um, now it's time for the segment of external input. And this means that it's time for Mustafa Ismail to ask you a question today. And this is his question. Hi, Isla. Once choosing a strategy, how do you stay on target and not fall short of the goal? Yes, uh, that, that is a very good and a, and a quite a big question. Um, I talked about time uh, earlier. It's it's uh, one of those things which are very important, but also quite challenging in business is when you have chosen your strategy, you need to back it up with concrete activities and operational, uh, you have to operationalize the strategy and that turns into some concrete activities that you want to do. And then you start executing on it and uh, then it's about being you know loyal to your strategy um, and to spend enough time to make it work of course during you know the time of execution there are also needs to be uh, you know you need to adapt but i think many many uh, uh, businesses spend too little time on it and too quickly say oh this didn't work so let's change but then I think it will never work. So I think the, the key here is to, of course, you need to put a, a lot of work into defining your strategy so that you have, uh, you're, you're pretty sure that what you're, what you're doing and um, defining is something that has a high probability of, of working out and then spend time on it and then get, of course, the whole team to understand, okay, this is the company's strategy this is my role in it and together we execute towards this goal and to have frequent and good communication back to the team uh, and then of course adapt as you need to do uh, during the way that's my best guess uh, or best answer to you mustafa mustafa thank you for a great question and gisle great input this leads me to kpis mm -hmm. because they, they are the ones that should 
show that you are the right path. So Gisle, which top KPIs are the most important for you and SuperOffice? Yeah, another good question. Of course, as you say, measuring uh, if you're on the right path, if it's paying off and you're creating the results, then you need to measure. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like, uh, I think I will cover uh, three uh, KPIs. Um, the most important is, of course, uh, connected to the satisfaction of our customers, to speak for myself. We have a variety of customer success metrics. We call them names like heartbeat and presence. Uh, we have a CSAT or customer satisfaction score on support. And finally, we also measure NPS. So uh, the North Star among those, NPS, uh, we have uh, done this for some years. So we have uh, you know, a really automated way of uh, getting the questions out to our um, growth influencers, we call them. Uh, and uh, we get a lot of valuable comments. And you know, when we have the feedback from the customers, it's all about back to the marginal gains. Okay, this is how we are scoring now. How do we improve it until the next cycle? Uh, that, that's so high on the agenda. And I think it's about selecting a few things every time that you can improve and then move on and measure again. So uh, that was the first metrics. The second, which is a little bit more, uh, I would call it uh, maybe introvert, ARR net growth. Annual recurring revenue. If you're in the SaaS business, you measure many things, but ARR is uh, the net growth, uh, which is uh, has a very central place in our organization, of course. Um, it's a super duper indicator for summarizing our ability to win a necessary the necessary volume of net new customers, drive value to our customers, and then to expand their usage of the solution. And of course, last but not least, to keep churn, churn low. All of that is in the ARR net growth number. I see it, it's updated all the time. And uh, you know everybody in our company are really following this uh, KPI very closely. And then uh, the last one, if I should, uh, it's back to NPS, but you put an E in front of it and it's called employee NPS. So then you have the customers, you have our sort of the financial uh, ARR, uh, and then you have, of course, the employee side of it. Yeah, great. Then we have three big umbrellas where you also dive deep and you explained why you chose them. So I don't need to follow up that. You're good, Gisle. And this means that we have entered the roundup. We only have four questions left because it's really nice to talk to you, but you have limited amount of time. So I know. So I'm glad with the time I get and we need to round up. Uh, so the first question here always, uh, my, my truly strong listeners know this, what's coming up. It's a VAM oriented question because I'm building a sales tool too but a video message, that video is my core. So I want to fish for data points now regarding cold outreach. So Gisle, what would you say is the best way to do a cold outreach to you in a modern way? Oh, that's, uh, yeah, I have a lot of experience receiving input. My, uh, the the uh, head of IT here, he tells me that I get about 5% of all incoming emails in the company. <laughs> So as you can imagine, I get a lot of, of, of them, but very few end up with getting me on the hook for a meeting. So 
if um, you know, my recommendation here is that if at least if you want to reach somebody in the C-suite or you know, you, you need to talk to someone with power, then you need to do extensive research today. Every market is now crowded. Everybody are, you know, fighting hard to, to get through and, and to get the conversation going. So you, you need to uh, talk to, to other people inside uh, SuperOffice. You need to study what we're doing and, and to really create a pitch, which in a very quick and short way, catches my interest as somebody who knows what he or she is talking about and has, you know, that it demonstrates that she is or he is, is um, has something to, to, to offer uh, the company. And I actually, from time to time, I see that it's not very many, but then they has a catchy subject line if it's email, and then it's a very short email and you see, wow, th- this is something which touches me. And then I'm very likely to, to um, you know, engage in the conversation. I think also, you know, phone, very, very challenging, but a very interesting tool for me is LinkedIn. I also experience the same uh, massive amount of in-mails, but also there, those people who have done their job and the research and prepared, who do, um, do their homework, so to speak, their messages stand out and I engage Great data points here. And would you say if a person that listened to this do do the extensive research are direct to the point, show what they're talking about and have something that collects your first stop when they read it, when you read it, would you say a video helps or hurt? I like, um, you know, when people who have, uh, and it doesn't at all have to be very Hollywood like, uh, you know, be, it should be the real thing and be authentic and, and so on. So not this fancy video, but people then serving this relevant message for me in a video, I think, uh, has a tendency to work better than without. Amazing to hear. Gisle, if you would give yourself when you were a younger CEO, one to three top things to think of that you now know that you didn't know, what would you tell yourself? Number one, focus. Well, I think it's called be customer obsessed. I think there is actually a book or a statement, something I read about that. Customers are, you know, at the center of everything we do. So I think understanding that uh, uh, I could have done a better job uh, in the early uh, days. Um, I think daring to experiment and to make mistakes uh, because every time you make a mistake, you learn something and creating a culture around that. Uh, I was too afraid of making uh, mistakes in, in the past. So I think it would have only been good. Uh, but of course, you need people around you to create that security to make mistakes. And then, of course, um, empower people and be a little bit more open to hire people who are smarter and better than you in, in uh, very many areas. And, and uh, put them together and uh, provide a room to grow. I think that's three things. I think that too. And I think that is three great things. So thank you for much. My my fingers were just quickly wrote everything. I wrote that down and I'm also cutting this podcast. I can listen one or two or three times again. (laughs) Great stuff here. Uh, So yeah. Only two things left. And, and this question, I guess, I'm only, I'm only fishing now for new potential cool guests. Okay. So I want to know, uh, which other two B2B socios do you think are doing a great job and would like to listen to if I would interview them? 
you know the company Kahoot? Yeah. Kahoot is obviously a, uh, well, who doesn't know Kahoot, right? Uh, they are obviously both B2C and B2B. Uh, I think they're implementing a, a, a new business model um, and have spent some time doing that. The CEO of Kahoot, Eilert Hanoa, is a very inspiring, very experienced person, which I always enjoy listening to. He is uh, actually also a member of our board of directors. So, uh, nice. But I think Eilert is, a, is an interesting uh, candidate here and then um, quite recently I had a chat with another uh, CRM company from Switzerland called BSI Software. Their CEO is called Marcus Brunold. Uh, they focus on exclusively on banking, retail and the financial industry. Very, you know, we don't have uh, any overlap, but he was a very inspiring person, has been in the CRM and, uh, you know, providing SaaS for, for a long time. So, um, I think he will also have some some views which will be exciting to listen to. I will definitely check them up, and I've heard uh, Mr. Kahoot uh, before from several. So thank you for mentioning that. And uh, yeah, we are at the end. The last question, and here I'm hoping for a big bold statement, maybe a bit concrete with a number, but mostly bold. Mm -hmm. Gisle, where will Super Office be in five years? Well, I uh, well with the progression we see in the CRM market that we're in and the growth we are generating, I think we or I don't think I know we will see a super office company with far more European customers than we have today, and these customers will even more successfully than today use our uh, CRM solution to drive their business to new heights. That's at the end of the day, it's all about the customers, right? <clears throat> and the value we can generate for them. And with a growing team, you know, the team of SuperOffice is, is growing. We're generating new opportunity for our people. So I hope also many of my colleagues will see that they have in five years uh, ended up in more, uh, you know, a new positions, exciting opportunities for them. And as a result of it all, if we do it all well, I think we have then uh, passed uh, 1 billion. We have this you know, financial goal to, to reach 1 billion knock in revenues. Um, and we will definitely have a better profitability, which will secure that we can continue investing in, in another five years of, of success for our customers and employees. So that's my dream, I think. Uh, it, and in that order, you know, the, fit, the number is a result of doing well in all the other areas. Yeah, great last input here. And with this, I would say I shift in the focus to you who has been listening and say that if you like what you heard, please press the subscription button and also tell a friend or a colleague to listen to Gisle in B2B Socios. And Gisle, a huge thank you for putting aside around 30 minutes together with me to help the community and me to keep on learning. Thank you for having me here, Joseph. It was a Great pleasure talking to you. So uh, anybody who wants to, to talk uh, to SuperOffice or me about SuperOffice and CRM and of course anything else that I've talked about, be my guest. 